Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're throwing fists in Street Fighter and ARMS. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? Oh, I it's going, man. Yeah, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Yesterday was one of like today. I feel like is a personal victory. Okay, what do you mean? Well, yesterday was one of those days where like I don't know. You're just not really feeling. You're you're just not really like in your groove. Yeah. Okay. And, and then you you know like in your like getting ready to go to bed and you realize you had your underwear inside out the entire day and you're just you, like yeah that follows. You keep saying you meaning me or like all <laughs> one, of us one okay but you, you know mean, how, you mean you I mean right? specifically right. yes yeah <laughs> it was one of those days so today's so today's been great you got a better handle on today yeah I mean I double checked to make sure the tags were all facing on the right sides it it's hard. Also, because sometimes the underwear can be inside out. Yeah. And like that's inside out and backwards. There's just, there are too many things that can go wrong with underwear. It's a nightmare. Like uh, Weldon.com, promo code <laughs> Nintendo. Uh, weather report. Um, really pleasant. Really pleasant mm-hmm. today. Couldn't have asked for a, it's, we're coming at you from a holiday, Memorial Day. Uh, and a, it's a beautiful day for that. Mark, what have you been playing? Uh, did you know that there's like a Colosseum area in Breath of the Wild? Uh, yes. I, yes. I just re- like discovered it. So you've been playing The Legend of Zelda: The Breath of the Wild. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, point. Good point. Uh, yes. The the, the col- and there's like a silver Lionel in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some kind of tough enemies just kind of scattered around on the various um, platforms. Yeah, it's really it's actually pretty close to the Great Plateau. Yeah. So it'd be super easy. To that, for that to be like one of the first things you encountered, yeah. depending on which direction you jumped. Well, just south of the Great Plateau, there's like that ravine where you find the giant horse. Um, and there are also two silver lionels down there. So like you could fight some of the hardest stuff in the game immediately after getting off the plateau. Um, so I last week I mentioned that I had 119 shrines, but I had no idea where the one shrine was remaining. And I uh, managed to locate that. Uh, down in like the Gerudo Desert area, uh-huh. um, and I found that having all 120 shrines has taken like a burden off of me, and I'm <laughs> and so I'm just like enjoying exploring more and actually paying more attention to like I'm finding Korok seeds easier because instead of being so focused on like oh, am yeah. I missing shri- a shrine, I'm just like able to like look and explore and enjoy it, and I'm also just like doing things in the game that I wasn't doing before, like not wearing any armor, and when you do that, it's the amount of stuff that's in this game is astounding to me. Like, people interact with you differently. Yeah, when you're wearing different when clothes. Yeah. When you're wearing, like, no clothes, mm-hmm. specifically. And uh, or and if you, like, stand up on, like, a table when you're talking to somebody, yeah, it they kind don't of, like, like freaks that. them out. Yeah. You don't even have to be talking to them. If you stand on, like, a shopkeep's table, they, like, look at you weird. They're like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> it's so great. So, yeah, I've been playing uh, Breath of the Wild and really just, like, enjoying it, kind of taking my time. Like, I think I could do this for a million years. Uh, yeah, it's amazing because I feel like that was sort of your approach to it before 
right? Like, I guess maybe you were on like a a shrine hunting mission, but like you weren't until we reached a tipping point and I was like, I just did the fourth divine beast. You were like, oh, maybe I should start doing these things. Um, yeah, it, it seems like the game lets you approach it in such a whatever, whatever way you want. But one of those ways is just like, just scoping out the place. Just be in there. Yeah, and I wasn't sure that I was going to like that because usually once I complete like the main story elements of a game, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much done with it. Um, but I'm pleasantly surprised that that hasn't been the case here. Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, the main story is like so little, I think, of what we like about the game, right? Very true. Um, yeah, wow, man, what a cool experience. How uh, about you? So I have not been playing any, uh, I have not played Breath of the Wild since I beat it. Um, I fully intend to go back to it and do a lot more of that shrine hunting and just wandering around, but um, I've been playing other stuff. Uh, like I continue to play Fire Emblem. Uh, Echoes, Shadows of Valentia, which uh, has gotten more difficult, but uh, I'm I'm really enjoying the I'm in the part of the game now where the two armies are are separated and they both have uh, things that they need to do and it's I, I really like kind of working on one person's path for a little bit and then being like oh I should hop over and see what the other one is up to or like I'm hitting my head against the wall being like how do I get past this one and I'm like oh I don't have to get past it I can <laughs> I can go the other way. Um, with the other character. Uh, so I'm still really enjoying that uh, and we'll probably be playing it for a couple weeks to come. Um, I think everything else that I've played, we're going to talk about later in the show, right? Right. So we both played the Arms Test Punch mm-hmm. and uh, you p- picked up Ultra Street Fighter 2, the Final Challengers. That's right. So we'll be talking about those a little bit later. Right. And uh, we've also both been playing Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, mm-hmm. for our NCS Classic Edition. There will be an episode of that coming out on Thursday. Right. And that may be us at our low point with the game. Yeah, the which is saying a lot yeah. because we haven't enjoyed it for weeks now. <laughs> right. But, hey, look, two weeks after that, you're going to hear like a slightly different tune from us. Not to give anything away, <laughs> just a slightly different tune. Uh, Mark, I think it's time that we get into the news. How about that? We were talking about the rumor even way back before the big January Switch um, presentation mm-hmm. about this rumor of a Mario and Rabbids kind of mashup RPG thing. Right. And and it's not just we've been talking about. It has been like a widely believed worst kept secret in video games. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. listeners of this podcast, this is not like a new topic. That's right. That's right. Um well, for some reason last week there was a massive leak of some internal Ubisoft marketing document. Yes. And we know this is internal because it was very clearly writ- not written by somebody who English is their first language. Yeah, de- definitely um, some some wonky language in this thing. But let so let's uh, let's start with uh, the the first piece that leaked. What now? Did it leak in, in two separate pieces, or did it all come out at once? I think on the same day it leaked in two separate pieces. So okay. first there was like one promo shot. Which was like the uh, close-up, kind of like blurry cam of the princess rabbit. Like the rabbit who dresses as a princess and has 
um, like take selfies and stuff like that. Right. And her phone has like a case with little bunny ears on it and everything. Uh, so so that's the part that leaked first, and then and then the like a few hours later, image? it seemed like not just the splash image, but there was like an article written uh-huh. that had screenshots all from all over the uh document right so the official title for the game is mario plus well i i guess this could still change right i mean like in as yeah so it, it is mario plus rabbids kingdom battle um and we see very clearly um our four main mushroom kingdom hero- heroes uh mario the princess luigi and yoshi and then four rabbits dressed up like those four characters. And they're all holding like laser guns. Yeah, and like cannons. Yeah. Like Yoshi has like a art like a shoulder-mounted bazooka yeah. kind right. of thing that he like is, yeah. has going on. Yoshi, who arguably doesn't have shoulders, right? Because <laughs> like he's got like those little T-Rex arms. I mean, real Yoshi, new Yoshi, <laughs> right. right? Who like stands upright and everything. He's he's got shoulders for days. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. <laughs> Um, but I'm obsessed with Commando Yoshi. Yeah, I think well, he he looks tough. I mean, here's the thing with this leak. I'm sure you know, like the images are all over online. Yeah. Um, this looks so stupid, but in so stupid, but in the best way possible. I'll agree with that 100. percent Like it look like it, it's kind of the dream, <laughs> where it's like they're not. They are very clearly not taking this seriously. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it's. It, they're not taking it seriously, but they are putting care into it. Like, uh, Luigi's weapon looks like the Poltergust, uh, so it's a reference to the Luigi's Mansion series. So, like, I don't know, everything about, every part of this seems like they're paying homage to uh, Mario history, but, like, not being super precious about it and just having fun. Yeah, so w- here's kind of what we know about the game based yeah. on this marketing document. It's an RPG mixing exploration and turn-based combat. Uh, exploration is touted as being like 35% of the game, with the other part of it being tactical combat. No, I, I love putting a percentage on how much of this game is exploration. Internal marketing document. <laughs> it's all like talking points, right? right. It's, it's, like, not, it's not half, but it's a little bit more <laughs> than a third. Um, so there, I guess the, apparently there are four worlds or something to that effect. Because it says each of the four words worlds are quote twisted Mario worlds, so that's to your point of like them being referential to Mario, right? Without you know, without like, being reverent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone has guns. With <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, or I guess more like laser bl- cannons. Yeah. They're not real. They're not like it's not guns. fair to call them guns. Yeah, they, they don't have like Uzis or anything. <laughs> And then uh, it looks like there's going to be some sort of co-op component. And from what I was reading, you don't really like specifically control the characters. There's another character that's like a little rabbit looking robot type thing Mm -hmm. that is that you're actually, I think, like playing as and you use him to like control the movement of the other characters. Sure. That's it. I, it's so interesting. I feel like even with this leak, we know virtually nothing about this game or how it plays. Um, what, what, what do you think that we do know about it? Like, what, what from the image and um, the internal marketing stuff do you think we can infer about, like, uh, about this game? Like, I, I think there's, uh, like, for, for my money, the, 
Princess Rabbit, uh, who's taking the selfie with with the phone and like has this princess wig on. Um, I think that says a lot about like just how goofy this thing is willing to be. Um, and I know that people are looking at that and saying like, "Oh, that's not that's not my Mario game." Um, but like, come on. Yeah, who cares? It's so like it sort of is. First of all, like Mario is goofy, right? He yeah. goes down pipes. He eats a flower and can throw fire. Um, so like let's let's have a little bit of fun with it. Well, so what? Another part of the rumor was that like Donkey Kong or some version of Donkey Kong is maybe Donkey Kong, maybe Donkey Kong Junior, the missing Donkey <laughs> Kong Junior. Well, or like an android Donkey Kong, or you know, like a rabid who. Mm-hmm has the form of Donkey Kong or something. Um, he like dabs in it or something like that. Yeah. And of course the internet was in a tizzy about that in this like not my Mario type way. And again, just like who cares? Yeah. Like let's just have hey, let's just have fun here. <laughs> we can we look you can you can if you want to be mad about uh Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, be mad about it. Don't play the game. And, you know, the rest of us will check it out. And if it's good, then we'll tell you it's good. And if it's bad, we'll tell you it's bad. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would get upset about it. I this. don't know why anybody cares. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great point. Uh, like, it's like, okay. Like, if I think it's cool that they're trying it. And if yeah. it fails, it can't be any worse than, I don't know, Mario and Sonic. At the Olympic Games. Sure. Or like any of the bad Paper Mario games or any of the bad Mario and Luigi games. Like, here's here's a different way for us to experience a, like, Mario RPG in some capacity. Let's see what it is uh, before losing our minds about it. Also, if we're, like, crazy about Mario and we need Mario, Odyssey's coming out by the end of the year. Yeah, within, because the rumored release date for this is, like, August, September. So it seems like the idea, and it's pretty much stated in this leaked marketing document, was that it was going to be a surprise reveal at E3 that only like mm-hmm. two months, two or three months later, you're going to be able to buy. Yeah. So in that way, it's like kind of a bummer that this leaked, but we all pretty much knew it was coming anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a bunch of, it's been a bunch of leaks. It's not just been one. Uh, Natsume announced that the River City that River City Knights of Justice, which was a 2014 3DS release in Japan, will be coming to both North America and Europe this summer as a 3DS eShop exclusive. Now, is that uh, in the River City Ransom, in, in that series, in the, jeez, uh, what's the name of it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, what 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 was the game that you played yes. just a few months ago? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, it looks to just be that, but a um, like medieval version. Like it's all set in the time of knights. That's weird. And th- I mean, that's what it looked like from like a little bit of the gameplay and trailer that I saw. Uh, the name of that game was River City Tokyo Rumble. Okay, so it basically looks like River City Tokyo Rumble, but with swords and uh shields and armor and things like that instead of like modern tokyo that's interesting um depending on what the graphical style is for it like one of the things that uh was a real hang-up for me in uh tokyo rumble was the 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 like sprite art was kind of cool but then they were against like the uh, 3d backgrounds 
um, that just didn't totally jive together. So, I mean, if this is more, if it's like all pixely or like all hand drawn or something, then I would be more into it. Uh, I guess I can't re- check it out. Yeah, I can't remember entirely how um, the newer 3DS titles have looked, but to me, it looked exactly like okay the one that we played. Like the together. one that we played. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Well. Okay. Cool. Uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross is getting an, a Nintendo Switch version. It was announced this last week for Japan by Capcom. Uh, that's basically perfect, right? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty cool. It has cross-play with the 3DS version, which is neat. But additionally, you are able to like take your 3DS save and play it on the Switch. You can also take your Switch and uh save and play it on the 3ds that's nice like it's very it's not just like um one direction where it's like everything from the 3ds moves to the switch right it's very much like just supporting the an entire ecosystem for this game so that's pretty cool that uh, like capcom is finding a way to support that right because obviously they're not in like the the background of um, nintendo's infrastructure there um it's that's the kind of thing that i wish we would see from Nintendo. Um, I I had a I had a friend over today um, playing Mario Kart on the Switch, uh, and he asked, "Does it carry over? Is there any way to import your saved data from the Wii U version?" And I was like, "No, everything's basically unlocked from the beginning." But no, you know, any of the um, any of the trophies you want to get again, you you have to get again. Um, and he was sort of bummed out by that. And that should be a no brainer, right? That like games from the last generation that are being ported over like you should have all of that stuff back so it's it's cool to see that capcom at the very least has found a workaround for it they're also releasing a switch specific hardware or like a uh design what would you call that for what for the system or yeah yeah for both the dock and the like yeah system yeah it comes with its own uh like monster hunter design which is crazy to me because they can't keep the regular Switch in stock. <laughs> right. So some people are going to get stuck with the Monster Hunter Switch just because they want to play Zelda. <laughs> um, so no word on this if this is coming to the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got Monster, Hun- Monster Hunter. Uh, yeah. What was that called? Generations. Yes. Not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to me, it, like Monster Hunter right now only makes in its current form only makes sense on the Switch going forward. Y- yes, like a- after Double Cross, you mean? Yeah, I mean, where else is Capcom going to? What other platform is Capcom going to put it on? Because Monster Hunter has been most successful mm-hmm. as a portable game. Yeah, well, one of the I, I don't know if we um have this on the the news, but um. Some uh, Capcom executive uh, wa- was saying last week that they're going to use Ultra Street Fighter 2 as like a-, a barometer for how much interest there is. No, no, you no, thi- no, no, we no, think no. That's- no, go ahead. No, no, no. Educate me. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put it on the uh, news because that turned out not to be the case. Oh, whew. Um, Good. Yeah, no, that was... Not to tip my hat too much, but I don't <laughs> think that Ultra Street Fighter 2 is worth buying and would recommend people against it. Uh, that was a, like mistranslation misunderstanding mm, of um the of what they he was saying we're debugging in real time mark <laughs> we're learning <laughs> so it's the human experience um 
So yeah, like okay, so there's a there's a rumor that Monster Hunter Five proper was uh basically like money hatted by Sony yeah. to be on the PS4. Um and I just have a in because they want Capcom wants it to be more Western focused. Sure. And so they're tr- like looking to significantly change the formula in order to make it uh, more palatable for Western audiences. Yeah. And that it would be on Sony's platform. And also uh, anchored to a home console. Yes. Yeah. So, and that uh, apparently the rumor is that Sony paid a lot of money for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, it doesn't seem like that would be a real thing to me, um, but I guess weirder things have happened. I mean, Sony has had, like, that's one of the reasons that the PSP was uh, as popular as it was, was because of Monster Hunter, it, that and piracy. Um, <laughs> but so it, it's not like Monster Hunter doesn't have a relationship and Capcom doesn't have a relationship uh, with Sony, but like those games are so mobile focused so like you're supposed to be out and um like that's that's a thing that happens in japan the people like crowded around tables playing monster hunter together um at like a mcdonald's or something uh so it would be it would be very strange if they took this just to home consoles yeah i um but again if they're looking to like completely change the formula to make it more palatable for western audiences i guess it would kind of make sense I, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, it doesn't really make sense to me, but weirder things have happened. For sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you think they're going to just try to make it more Dark Soulsy? I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't know what that would, what it would mean to make yeah. it more, or if it's just, cause didn't they, yeah, I yeah. have no idea. Well, we need more information. <laughs> well, it's just a rumor. Right. But to me, I guess, like, the only system that it really makes sense going forward, if they were to continue to make Monster Hunters as they have made them in the past, mm-hmm. would be the Switch. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, in an interview with the French site, uh, oh, man, like, Jeu Video? Yeah. Three of Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia's developers briefly discussed the announced but otherwise detail-free 2018 Fire Emblem game for Switch, saying, quote, as it was said earlier, we're currently working on a Fire Emblem game on Nintendo Switch. With this title designed for home consoles, we should be able to offer a completely different Fire Emblem, breathing life into our characters like never before. Okay. Uh, What do we think that means? I don't... Um, Maybe just like instead of the portraits like animated cutscenes that would be cool if um they went like full on animated everything and voice acted everything uh Shadows of Valentia has so much voice acting in it already um it would it would be cool to see it all like kind of playing out in real time cutscenes and stuff like that but i wonder if it all if it means uh like what what is it about uh, Fire Emblem as it's related to its portability that they can like that they can change if it's on a home console? Like maybe because one of the things that I really like about Fire Emblem and one of the reasons I think it works so well in like a handheld format is that like a battle, any battle is going to max out at like 35, 40 minutes. Um, so I wonder if they have like any longer maps that will be 
you know, will take like an hour or more to complete um, or, you know, anything like that that's less dependent on you being able to. Because, like, if you're playing a Fire Emblem uh, battle and your battery starts to, like, flash, there's, like, you can throw a a bookmark in there and, like, save it real quick. But, like, there's always this, like, sense of panic where you're like, no, I've made all this progress. (laughs) I just have to get it somewhere where I can plug it in or finish the battle or whatever. Um, So I wonder if any of that is what they're hinting at. I don't know, because it will still be, it'll be on the Switch, which means portability is something that they will be keeping in mind. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't know necessarily that they would want to change any of that. Also, I haven't played any of the previous console Fire Emblem games, like the one on the GameCube. So I I don't know if they... Or like the first six of them that were on uh, Famicom and Super Famicom. Right, right. And um, so it seems just like built into the history that... You know, it has these, like, 30, 40-minute battles rather than, like, you know, hour and a half, two hours, which just kind of sounds exhausting in general. It does sound kind of exhausting. But with the way the uh, the Switch has, like, the the quick sleep mode and quick restore, like, I I could see that. I don't know. I I think it'd be neat to, like, launch into these huge, long battles that just go forever. But doesn't the 3DS basically have those same features by, like, closing it? By closing it and opening it back up? Yeah, but the battery, like, it's... Its ability to save its battery when it's closed is awful. Um, I mean, you if you leave a, a 3DS closed on but closed for like the day, it's going to be dead. Yeah, I think that's part of like why they didn't include Street Pass on the Switch. Yeah, I mean the Street Pass that's got to take up so much battery power, and they're just like, nah, it just goes. <laughs> it's fine. According to the Financial Times, Nintendo is increasing production of the Switch to 18 million units for the fiscal year ending March 2018. Uh, where did they have it before? So, um, Nintendo, in, in their last earnings, said that they expect to sell 10 million. Okay. So, the, it's, this is almost doubling it. Yeah. So, Nintendo's... Like denied the Financial Times report when the Financial Times reached out to them, mm-hmm. saying that hey, we've only we've said ten million and we expect to sell ten million. Right. Um. Stop lo- looking at our internal documents. Yeah, but that doesn't. Yeah, I I would completely believe that they have increased that they hope to increase production to eighteen million for the fiscal year because then you can like blow away your ten million. Yeah. Right. Like ten. Like they're what they said for ten million. Apple used to do this all the time in the early days of like the iPhone. Is they were notorious for giving a lower number. Oh, than what they actually expected for their to sell. projection and what they actually like projected to sell. So they were consistently like beating it. Um, they don't do that so much anymore. But so it it wouldn't be crazy to me if Nintendo's like, hey, we're gonna keep expectations at a reasonable ten million. Right. And then later they're like, hey, you know what's cooler than ten million? A billion. Ten billion. <laughs> or, or eighteen, 18 million. million. Um and also the Financial Times is an incredibly reputable source. Right. Almost to the point where it's like, oh, they're talking about Nintendo. <laughs> right. <laughs> Weird. These stodgy British people. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we love. Right. We love of the British. Uh, um, right. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh God. We didn't mean to. Oh, I don't. I didn't mean to upset anyone. <laughs> um, and this follows on the Wall Street Journal report a few months ago that they were in- looking to increase to like I think it was twelve, twelve million. Mm-hmm. So clearly, uh, they they're 
hoping to increase production. Yeah, and I mean, all uh, just anecdotal evidence suggests that there are a lot of uh, switched switch-shaped holes in the marketplace right now. So fill them up, Nintendo. Retro controller company 8BitDo or 8BitDo has released a firmware update for the wireless for their wireless controllers that makes them switch compatible. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, they I haven't heard of this company until the news started coming around, but yeah, so they basically make for all intents and purposes controllers that look exactly like SNES controllers and mm-hmm. exactly like NES controllers and other um controllers for older consoles that are Bluetooth compatible. Right. They they've got a uh, I think it's called like the NES thirty or something like that that it looks um it it has like the design of a NES controller is shaped like a Super Nintendo controller but has the uh, dual thumbsticks and two sets of uh, triggers which it it's basically a a PlayStation controller at that point or like the Pro controller so I I'm a, I I may reach out and grab one of these things. Especially when Virtual Console hits the Switch. Especially. It seems great. Mm-hmm. And they look really cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is, that, do you, is that something you're thinking about getting into? Because you didn't pick up a, a Pro Controller. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I'm more interested in like the SNES-looking controller. Yeah, just straight up SNES. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But... I don't know. I guess we'll see. I still haven't picked up a Pro Controller, and I was thinking of doing that before Splatoon Splatoon. comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon developer Game Freak is hiring developers for an unnamed 3DS RPG. No further details were given, but do you think this means that, like, that rumored Pokemon stars Pokemon? (laughs) I heard it. (laughs) I was going to let it go. Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon Stars is 3DS bound. Do you think it's like 3DS Switch or not? I mean, Game Freaks make Game Freak makes games that are not Pokemon. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the part of it that's a little bit dis- disheartening is being is just to point out that Game Freak is working on a 3DS game. Like, come on, guys, <laughs> come, let's let's move on to the new machine. Um, I don't know. Do you think they would? need to staff up for stars or do you think stars is the kind of thing that they would be um like kind of working on with the old team anyway or i mean i guess uh i'm not all that uh, I, I never played pokemon yellow for example um so i don't really know how much different those like third tiers of the of those games and ends up being um yeah so i i, I don't know i i would I'd be interested in it if it were something else, but uh, th- that's another, like, so when would this game come out if they're staffing up now? Yeah, that's what seems weird about it, is it, um, is it doesn't seem like, unless they're bringing on people for, like, finishing touches. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, what's, what's the deal? You get, how, how long do you think, when is the last, like, big 3DS game going to come out? Do you th- so it'll be supported obviously through the end of 2017. Yeah. Right? Um 2018, we're going to see games through 2018. I think we'll see a few games. I in my mind like ho- holiday 2017 is when we'll see the last big ones drop. But I guess you I could also see, you know, come February or March, you know, the Pokémon iteration comes out of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Um cuz they're sell 
they're selling all these 2DSs. And the 3DS has a huge library. Yeah, that's true. But um, maybe they'll want to continue to support it through 2018. At some point, it just doesn't... For Game Freak, it makes sense to do the 3DS because... You that, know, yeah, that's where the install base yeah, is. Yeah, that's where the install base is. For Nintendo, at some point, it doesn't really make sense to me to continue supporting the 3DS right. super hard. But, I mean, Nintendo's never really had that pull with uh, Game Freak anyway. Like, um, the last generation of th- uh, DS Pokemon games came out after the 3DS was launched. So, like, they put the games where the audience is. And if the audience isn't there yet... Game Freak's like, well, <laughs> that's where that's not where we're putting our games. Yeah. So, I mean, y- the source for the Pokemon Stars rumor was Eurogamer, who has a pretty good, and this was months ago, has a pretty good track record. Uh, I guess the further we get into this, the more it makes sense to me for it to be a 3DS Switch crossover. If Both it's on of them the, at the same time. If it's on the Switch at all. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what they're staffing up for. Maybe like Stars is ready for the 3DS, and they just want to make sure that they've got parity between the two platforms. Yeah, I mean we, but they're hiring for a 3DS developer specifically. Well, sure. <laughs> uh, this is not strictly Nintendo related, but the trailer for Netflix's Castlevania animated series was dropped last week. Did you watch it? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty short. It's pretty short, and there's like a lot of garbage up front. <laughs> Uh, the show begins streaming July seventh. Well, what's our what's our interest level on this? I mean, zero <laughs> for me. I think I so I I watched the trailer, so maybe two. Yeah, out of out of, out of ten is the scale I was imagining. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's uh, how, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I I guess like a five or. Because I don't have negative feelings towards it, but I don't mm-hmm. really have pot like neutral. I feel neutral. You feel neutral. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the trailer starts with like NES stuff. Like it's leaning into video game like nostalgia, and then we see some like clips from the actual show. Oh, I didn't see that part. I didn't see that trailer. Oh, I, I saw like a weird trailer that was like a get hyped about um this video game adaptation. Oh, the one I saw was just like thirty seconds longish yeah and was just just like uh brief glimpses of the show oh okay uh so so maybe we have different impressions of it from (laughs) from the the little video things that we've seen um yeah i mean i i don't know that i've got a lot of room in my heart for like a, a a violent cool dracula cartoon right but you know i i I could be pro- it. It could be great. I don't know. We'll probably we'll probably end up talk watching and talking about it. Probably. So, <laughs> uh, and finally, bit of sad news: YouTube support on the Nintendo Wii, yes, the original Nintendo Wii, no! is being ended. That will end. Terminated. Terminated. Right on June thirtieth. Uh, so no more watching YouTube on the Wii. That's right. I mean, or you got a month. Yeah. So, like, you know, make enjoy hay, it. Make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> Get in there. Um, I don't know that I've ever used that. I feel like I probably tried it when, um, it was when it first came out. Because yeah. I also like sent away for the Netflix disc that you needed in order to make Netflix work. Yeah. You know. Me so, too. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sure I tried it as a curiosity, but just like. 
I, Netflix disc. <laughs> Why was that a thing? But I, ne- I mean, I never used. I've never used any of the video capabilities on the 3DS. Yeah. Um, I can't. But there were. I, I'm. I guess I'm just surprised that they kept Wii support for as long as they did. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. How long do you think before the uh, Wii U also folds on that? I don't. I don't know. You can watch YouTube on the Wii U. I guess you can watch like Netflix and everything on the Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They they'll probably forget about the Wii, Wii U just like right. They'll just everybody stop updating else it. <laughs> yeah. But one day they'll like look at their usage records and see like one. Right. You know, like it'll be you and I logging on to play a Super Nintendo game <laughs> on there or something. Uh, what 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 do we got coming out this week? So on today on the Switch eShop is Astro Duel Deluxe. On June 1st, on the Wii U eShop is something called Sphere Slice, and on the 3DS eShop is Of Mice and Sand. Uh, so nothing really of consequence. I don't this really week. know what any of those are. Um, and last week, the Neo Geo game that we didn't know about was King of Fighters 99. Uh, another King of Fighters game. There's a lot of <laughs> Neo Geo fighting games on the Switch right now. <laughs> and that, and I, I don't know what's coming out this month, this week. So, uh, right, and still no word on Pocket Rumble. That's right. Still no word, word on Pocket Rumble. You know what? Just move on. Now it's time for a regular segment on this show. It's 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today I want to talk about, because it's Memorial Day, right? Yeah. For us. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, you've just had your Memorial Day experience, Mm -hmm. so think back to that. I want to talk about, like, picnics and, like, outdoor barbecue time, and what do we like about that? Do Do you like an outdoor picnic? Yeah, I guess I do. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think because I don't think I've had negative picnic experiences necessarily, but I don't know that I've had like overly positive ones. Yeah, it's always I feel like the food at a picnic is always it's always like secondary, right? That like I'm there because like we're gonna I'm gonna hang out with people. Kids are gonna play with sparklers. Someone's gonna throw a frisbee, and I'll reluctantly chase after it. Well, and it's always a little bit, I don't know, like eating in a barbecue setting is, I guess, is never really that fun. Right. It's like hot or it's windy. Right. You're like trying to like hold down your plates and napkins with your elbows. That's if you have a table. <laughs> I feel like at most of these things, you're standing with a plate in your hand. You can't really eat all you w- want to because no. you're like, I'm hungry, but there's lots of people here. And so I can't, like, stuff my face like I would if I was eating it at home. Right. If I was eating in my secret shame closet, <laughs> and I would just shovel french fries into my mouth. Yeah, but you can't really do that here. The food's not that great. Right. Well, because that's another thing, is that you've got someone on that grill who probably doesn't want to be at that grill. And they're cooking for a lot of people. Right. The audience here in the uh, 433 performance is finding it humorous when they're changing from one movement to the next. <laughs> Yeah, they're cooking for a lot of people, and it's, like, the person who, like, drew the short straw and, like, doesn't get to play games and stuff. Or, conversely, the person's really good at it, so they're really precious about it, and it's just like, look, we're just trying to get, like, burgers into faces. That's right. (laughs) 
Look, we're, these things are going to be slathered in ketchup anyway. Now, have you, you are, you have a special diet. I'm a vegetarian. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. We <laughs> well, get well, it. Hold on. You're the one who said special <laughs> diet. So, you, yeah. So, if you, anyone should be incensed here, it's me. <laughs> uh, have you, so I feel like that has to complicate picnics. It does. There are a, barbecues. It does a little bit. Uh, one of the fortunate things about being a vegetarian in LA is that I have a lot of friends who um, are either also vegetarian or who don't eat a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. We call those coastal elites. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we're better than all of you. <laughs> I don't really believe that. We love the British. We love the British and the Australians. <clears throat> Anyone else can go to hell. <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, there, there are always, uh, you know, some other kind of patty that someone's throwing on the grill. Yeah. Or just, like, grilled veggies uh, are also great. There's no way to, like... I mean, I, I feel like it's just an extension of the normal barbecue problem. Are grilled veggies great? Or yeah, are they I like fine? them. No, I like them a lot. It's, it's, I, that's the, f- and I know you're going to say, <laughs> it's because I'm not eating meat. No, no, that's not what I was going to say. Okay. I was going to say, do you like, uh, um, well, this is like turning into AM radio. I love it. <laughs> that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> um, Don't tell me what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, what? Do you like it in the barbecue setting, or is it just like, I like these in general, but would prefer to eat it at home? Well, that's a great point. I, I would prefer to eat it at home. And I, I think that's, because also, if you're eating it in a barbecue setting, that's where you're going to have to, like, get a fork, right? Right. Um, that's, you know, when you're grabbing a fork, like the loser's eating the potato salad, right? <laughs> you want to go forkless in these situations if, if you can. The other thing with barbecues is you have to bring food that travels, or like picnics, you have to like bring food that travels, uh-huh. or when you have to pack an ice chest. Yep. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Mark, we're going to a barbecue slash picnic for the What's a Creative uh, like summer party in like a week. Yeah. Uh, are we going to be huge grumps at this thing? No, because we can, we can fake we it. We can fake it. <laughs> um, are, are you bring, do you normally, do you have like a go-to dish that you bring to those things uh, when, when you have to contribute? Um, I usually, you know, something that has been pre-prepared. So I'm definitely part of the problem. Don't get me wrong. I'm 100% part of the problem. Right. Okay. You, I don't know, like a vegetable platter. Sure. Like what? With what? like the bad ranch, ranch dressing that nobody really likes. Oh. You know, it's like cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Hidden Valley. Yeah. Or like grocery store brand that, yeah. you know. Ugh. Um, I like to do, Sarah and I do um, like caprese sandwiches that we, they, you know, just like a slice of mozzarella, a slice of tomato. You guys have made that for me before. Like yes. When we went hiking. That was really nice. Those yeah. are great. It's a good sandwich. Oh, and but we'll know. never know. We'll never know anything more about it. Um, I don't know who to credit, who the, who the performer was there, but that video was uploaded to uh, Vimeo by Future Workspace. Future Workspace. All right, let's uh let's move into our topic for the week. Psych, I meant topics. More than one. Plural. Oh, we got you. We got you. Um it was a sucker punch, if you will. Mm. We're going to talk about uh Ultra Street Fighter 2, the new challengers, and we're going to talk about the arms test punch, which we had the opportunity to play this weekend. Hopefully you had an opportunity to play it this weekend too. Because it's cool. Mark, where do you want to start? Let's start with Ultra Street Fighter 2. Let's start with Ultra Street Fighter 2, colon, the final challengers. So 
I didn't pick this up because I don't really uh, like fighting games very much. Mm-hmm. But do. you did, and yes. you were not. You weren't sure you were going to. Yeah, I wasn't sure I was going to. Um, you know, I've I've played Street Fighter two. Um, I've played it a bunch, but it's also been, you know, probably a decade since I spent any real time with it. Uh, so I and I, I uh, never got the HD um update to to the game when it was on um PlayStation three and uh Xbox three sixty. So so yeah, I, I, I decided I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna do it. I'm also uh I'm traveling tomorrow. I'm flying to Colorado and back in the same day. So I was like, I want a new game that I can play on the plane. Um and I don't know if this is gonna end up being my plane companion. Um so that bad. So I don't even, it's not even really that it's that bad. The one thing that I think will be nice is that if I ever want to play Street Fighter 2 with someone, I've got what is more or less the definitive version of it that is basically portable and playable with two people anywhere I go, right? It's It's the promise of the Switch and not really the promise of Street Fighter, right? Yeah, so from what it, it seems like that Street this version of Street Fighter 2 is not bad. No. It's just... I mean, it's Street Fighter 2, one of the greatest games ever made, and it's got, like, all of these options to play it in either the original display or the, uh, the new um, HD graphics. You can set the, the sound just for the character voices between classic and, and new. Um, and, you know, you can do training modes, you can do online stuff, and the online seems to work pretty well. Um, it's just... Like, it doesn't offer anything, it doesn't offer, like, anything new that's really of value. Right. So, if it was, a, how, how much was it? $40? $40, So, yeah. if it was a d- downloadable title, or I guess even, like, a store. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if it was a dollar. <laughs> no. Yes, buy it. <laughs> no, but if it was, like, 20 Yeah. If it was, like, on the eShop for 20 bucks, do you think you would um, feel better about it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can buy the um, the 3DS version of Street Fighter Four, uh, Super Street Fighter Four, for that matter, for twenty bucks. Um, and I, I I've never played the 3DS port, but Four is a better is a better game. It's got more characters. It's got more content. Um, yeah. The so what this game this game offers a, a couple things that aren't. Um, part of previous Street Fighter packages. Uh, one is there's a two-on-one mode where you and a friend or you and a computer-controlled um, character can fight against just the... It just puts you through the evil characters. So you, so you fight uh, Violent Ken, Evil Ryu, uh, M. Bison, and Akuma in that order. And that's it. Then it, then it ends. Um, and it's weird because like the game's not it's not it doesn't it doesn't make sense when you're you're fighting two people two people are fighting at once like if you have one person stand on one side of your opponent and the other person stand on the other side and one of you just does low attacks and the other one just does like high attacks he c- literally can't guard against it um so like there's some kind of like masochistic pleasure to get from just like wailing <laughs> on m bison um but like other than that it's not it's not like a, a functional game mode right um, and then there's the first person way of the uh, way of the Hado, 
which allows you to throw Hadoukens, Dragon Punches, Hurricane Kicks, um, and that's about it. Did you end up trying that? Because when we talked on Saturday, you were like, I'm not going to do that. I did try it. So again, uh, I had uh, my friend Greg over this this afternoon, and we were just playing some games, and Street Fighter was the game that I had in there. So he was like, oh, well, we can we can play some Street Fighter. And so we tried to do this thing, and like, you know, when when it when it worked, like when it starts, like everything's calibrated nice, and like the game isn't like freaking out or anything, and you're throwing a couple Hadoukens, and you're like, okay, this is working, and you're like, I had to do a Dragon Punch or two, okay, it's working, uh, and then you throw like one or two Hurricane Kicks, which like the the motions for these things are, you know, they're all like different for the Hadoukens. You turn the uh the Joy-Con on their side and push forward, right? So they're you, they're like parallel to each other. Do you are you holding both Joy-Con when you're yeah. doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're holding the two and you push forward. To do the Dragon Punch, you hold one straight up and then do like an uppercut with your other hand. So that like th- those two are are pretty intuitive, right? And then the Hurricane Kick, you have them like tilted one direction and you like swing them to the side and tilt the other way, which like I guess that's sort of like a circular motion, like uh Ryu spinning across the screen with his with his foot out. Um but like doing that screws with the things uh like it it needs to be recalibrated every time after that um and even then like there's a there's a way to like quick recalibrate and it just never works like as soon as you do the hurricane kick that's it it's done you can't do anything else um so like the the game just straight up doesn't work i mean the first person mode looked kind of like a throwaway mode that they included just for like a marketing bullet point right and i mean i feel like it's even more than because i i feel like most throwaways at least kind of work right like this thing's like just a straight up disaster like it's not fun and it the, the inputs don't register um so like if i mean this is where greg and i started this morning was uh playing street fighter and we did like a little one-on-one and be like, oh, okay, you know, this is fine. This is Street Fighter. And then here's this first person thing. And he was like, it was one of those things where I wanted to be like, no, there are good experiences on this machine too. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, all in all, I don't know. I like Street Fighter 2. So I'm, I'm glad that I have it um, and that it's like in a package that I can take with me and that, you know, if at any time, I want to play a couple fights of Street Fighter. I can. It's not tough for me to do that. Um, it but, seems like down the line it makes more sense. In when it like drops in price and you can get it on sale and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and I I think also when there's a controller that works for it too, because like you can play this with, um, you can play it with the individual Joy-Con. You can play it with, um, a Pro controller. But all of those are the, there is no fight stick for this thing yet. Um. That's coming down the line, and we will see something soon. But like right now, there is no, there's no real controller for this thing. Do you think it would work better even with like the um, like how were you guys doing it? Were you both using a Joy-Con? No, so we were using um one uh one player was using the Pro controller, and the other uh had the Joy Cons in the grip. Um, the grip, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you think it would play better on a like one of those retro? Uh, Super Nintendo controllers, like so. I it 
it would play better because um, if if you don't have like a a, a joystick, um, the preferred way to play is with a, an actual D pad, um, so you can hit those diagonals, uh, and not with uh, an analog stick, which is just kind of like looser. So, um, yeah, an, an analog stick or not not analog stick, a D pad helps, which is why I think that the Pro Controller is better. But like. The ability to be able to drum like all the punch buttons at one time, uh, or all the kick buttons to trigger like um, Blanca's electricity, which is just you tap punch as fast as you can, and if you're able to do that with like three fingers, it activates it like immediately instead of you kind of gotta do it for like a second before it really happens. Um, and just having the full range of all si- all three punches and all three kicks right at your hand without having to. Um, use your index or ring finger and let alone your index and ring finger on your left hand like that's the worst is having to use strong punch in anything because like you're using your left thumb to do whatever input you're doing whatever directional input and then hitting uh l it's just like that's the only time that you use your left hand as an attack button um so you know, like that—that's the—that's been the workaround for the PlayStation style controller, the Super Nintendo style controller forever. And it's just like, I don't know. After playing with a, a fight stick and having all six or all eight attack buttons, if you have one button that's dedicated to all three at once, um, there's just like it's—it's it's hard to go back to. Who's your go-to character? Uh, so my go-to in four, which is has a lot of dna with uh two they're very similar games um was blanca um or like he he was my last go-to um i don't i don't know that i have a a, a go-to right now when i when i turned the game on uh i downloaded it and uh, was like i'm just gonna do arcade mode right off the bat did random select it gave me m bison and i beat the arcade mode with no continue right um so i guess i'm pretty okay with m bison <laughs> um but uh, yeah, I mean, all I've been. <laughs> this is gonna sound so dumb, but I've been with all of those characters for so long that I'm comfortable with all of them, um, which you know maybe also breeds a little bit of my like, <sighs> I I know all these characters. There's no one new in there for me to master, uh, with the exception of Evil Ryu and Violent Ken. But you know they're just variations on, um, Ryu and Ken. Uh, is it, do you do you have any interest in playing it or checking it out or? No, not really. Yeah, what's it? So what's it look like from the outside? Um, it it looks like a game that should be on a virtual console. Yeah, you know, like the stuff that they threw in there to try to justify the forty dollar price point looks dumb. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's it's a relief to uh know that. Capcom is not basing their future support <laughs> on that game's performance because I, I I don't think I don't know I I don't think it's going to do particularly well and also doesn't like show off the hardware in a a very good way. I mean I think people like Street Fighter Two, right? Like Street Fighter Two has so uh, I think it'll s- sell. I think it'll just have to. It'll happen after like the price starts dropping. Yeah, yeah, and I mean honestly, you, I think you're right that it. At, at a 50% price cut at 20 bucks, this thing makes a lot of sense. Um, and I mean, who knows? I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing my family tomorrow. Um, and if I can throw this thing down and say, hey, hey who, wa- who wants to play Street Fighter 2 with me? I'll, I'll get some takers. 
So I don't know. Maybe maybe my maybe my tune will change on it after a little bit of time and actually getting it out into the wild instead of just as in like the TV mode in the docked TV mode. It seems like a uh, a substandard offering as a portable. I don't know. Maybe that'll be a different experience. So I'm not really into fighting games, which makes the ARMS Global Test Punch kind of interesting. So we're shifting over now to the ARMS Global Test Punch. Uh, Interesting in what way, Mark? So I guess it's not really like a fighting game like I was expecting it. I don't even know if expecting it to be is the right term. Yeah. Um, Are there other fighting games that are like that? third person behind the shoulder type perspective so not that i can think of like the kind of closest analog that i can see is um uh power stone but even that has more of like an overhead three quarters kind of perspective um and not really over the shoulder um like it, it for as far as the perspective is con- is, is concerned this game looks more like punch out right or Teleroboxer, which I will never stop bringing up. <laughs> um, so how how uh, how did it feel for you? Um, so you're you're not a fighting game guy, yeah. Um, did this game give you any of that's any of whatever it is about fighting games that you don't respond to? Did you feel those things in this game, or does it feel different to you? No, I I did. I I felt. Um, I don't know, and I I. I Part of the reason I don't really glom on to fighting games very much is mm-hmm. because I uh, just, like, can't be bothered to learn the moves. Right. And to learn how to, like, counter and do all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of strategy is not fun for me to, like, master and learn. And I felt like there was, especially when I was doing the motion controls, there was a lot of that in there. Like, when I would do the one-on-one matches in ARMS... um. Like, you could tell the people who were better at it. Yeah. Right? And they should win because they're better at it. And they, have like, are better at the controls and better at, like, using it and understanding it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't fun for me to play that way. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, <clears throat> so you, uh, you were playing with the, the, the motion controls uh, for, for the, your first chunk with this game Mm -hmm. and then um when you and i were together you were playing with the pro controller um how is that experience different does it change the way that you you view the way that the game works not really i found i think i actually think motion controls are the ideal way Mm -hmm. to play this game um because you're you don't have as many options when you're playing on like the pro controllers Mm -hmm. um so and yeah, here's the thing about the the motion controls. Um, this is going to be the exact opposite of what I was saying about Street Fighter. Is that I felt like it always worked. Like anytime I wanted to make a wanted to make a fighter do something by moving my hands around, that it actually worked. Um, and that you know there there was no there's no like lag in it or anything. I do the move and it happens on the screen. And it's it's not asking you to do complicated you know maneuvers with your hand. You're like basically punching forward or like kind of hooking your arm around or like 
bringing them together to block. Yeah, that was really cool because the motion controls definitely feel like the promise of w- the original boxing on in Wii Sports mm-hmm. fulfilled. Yes. Where it's like, oh, right, this is what that should have been. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, this is that. Uh, so I, I want to get back to this like idea that... Um, there are like systems in the game that uh, maybe you you don't want to learn or because um, the the system seemed pretty straightforward to me that like it's all about um, weight and like the trajectory of of these punches right so like and there's I guess there are also the like status effects but that that there aren't too many different ways that like these things uh, behave so. Um, you know, if you throw like a, a boomerang punch that it like kind of curls around and, and comes back. Um, and if you've got like a heavy fist that it will like plow through a, a lighter fist, but like beyond that, the systems seem pretty simple to me. Um, did you, did you find like them, like when, when you play, are you thinking about like how the systems engage each other? Or are you just throwing punches? And I'm just around? throwing punches. You're just throwing punches. And, 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 so, and, yeah. and that really is like, um, and so th- I don't think arms is a bet, like a bad game. Sure. Right. And basing purely on the test punch, but it's not, so, it, I don't, I still don't know, even though I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's down to like some of the modes, like volleyball, yeah, which I thought was fun, um, but is like very shallow. Oh yeah, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing in volleyball. That's how I felt in the other ones. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in volleyball, it's pretty simple. It's just like, oh, I just like hit this thing. Yeah, but and it- I just like get it on the other side. Great, I can manage that. Uh, but that that's where I felt like, uh, you know, sometimes I would be my back would be facing the net and like the ball would be coming down and I would punch it. Presumably it would go up, you know, further outfield, but now it just like goes up and like back over the net. So I don't, I don't know. I felt like I had a lot less control in that than uh, in, in the one-on-one fights or the two-on-one or whatever. Two-on-two, I guess. There are two, or I guess there's like free-for-alls where it's like three people yeah. fighting. Um, Yeah. It just, so it, I had more fun with it than I was expecting to mm-hmm. based purely on like the trailer and stuff, which didn't really look super appealing to me. Yeah. But, uh, but I didn't have that much fun with it. Um, I had a lot of fun when we were playing together. Um, like when you get tethered together, like that specifically, or? I mean, when you and I were sitting on the couch and, uh, it was putting us in, in, uh, games and um, sometimes it would be just me. Sometimes it would be you. Sometimes it would be the two of us on a team. Um, like, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I didn't expect this to be, like, a compelling couch co-op experience. Or not co-op, I guess. Well, no, kind of. Sometimes yeah, when you're sometimes in that co-op. mode where you're, like, tethered. Um, or even in, in volleyball. That's also co-op. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think that may be one of, like this game's secret strengths is that it's something fun to do with a person in the room. It was definitely way more fun playing with you than it was uh, when I was just trying it by myself. Yeah. Well, and I think there's also something too um, with any kind of fighting game. And I don't even know if we can really classify this as a fighting game, but like with any game like that of being like, Oh, what, what are you, how did you do that? What are you doing? Um, how, how did you know that that was going to move like that? 
and just like learning from each other. Um, I think it's going to be really cool to dig into this game more and see how people are using it and like what the metagame is that comes up around it. Um, I don't know. I, the The lobby experience was also neat. The lobby's cool. I don't know of any game that functions exactly like this. Yeah. Do you want to describe it a little bit? Yeah. Or? So it like basically throws you into a a big lobby with I don't know maybe like up to 10 people or something like that sounds right and then it just like scrambles them and will take like three people and put them in one mode and then take another two people and put them in one mode and take four people and put them in a third mode right and um it doesn't seem like at least in the test punch you don't have control over what mode you're going to be put into Mm -hmm. it doesn't you don't control it doesn't you don't have any control over who you're playing against um there were times when you and i were playing on the same system when we were doing couch uh not co-op but like yeah playing together and so there would be times co-play <laughs> co-play so there'd be times where uh, i would be fighting and you wouldn't be right in like uh-huh. a one-on-one match um and then there are times where you'd be fighting and i wouldn't be because they just would take us together right and if there was a spot for the other person they would get it if not there wasn't um yeah, and it's, I mean, it's it's dumb little stuff, but, like, you can see that, like, three people are playing a, a one-on-one-on-one fight, and you can see, like, when one of them is taking damage. Yeah, their little avatars, like, shake, and they turn red for a second. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not really, like, a spectator mode or anything like that, but it does, I don't know, it, it made the space between the games feel like it was alive and, like, other people were participating and stuff. Um, matches are also real quick. They are, which is so nice. Yeah. Um, we played we played one fight where we ran the clock down. One. Otherwise, they're out. They're out and done in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Like, uh, the volleyball matches I think were like thirty seconds. Like, yeah. 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 They they actually do have the the timer that that it goes by. Um. So next week mm-hmm. for the upcoming test punch volleyball will. Re- will be replaced by hoops, which is like basketball. Yeah. Um, and then there will also be like a uh, mini game, like training mode that you'll be able to engage in this time as well. Um, which there also was this time, right? There, yeah. there was a training mode where we were fighting each other. Yes. I think that was just like a one time, okay. like, oh, here's mm-hmm. how you use this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we know if the character offerings are going to be different? Because this time through there were... Uh, seven characters that you could play as, mm-hmm. um, which are all the characters that we knew before the Arms Direct plus Helix, which means that Mark's favorite, Bark and Bite, and everyone else's favorites, Twintel, <laughs> uh, were not not featured in. in yeah, and this before I was like, Helix is stupid, but I ended up playing as Helix, and he's great. He's like uh, Curly from the Three Stooges. Like That's he right. makes like a whoa, 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 noise as he's running around. Uh, he's real dumb, and I love it. I mean, I feel like that's uh, a lot of this game is, like, dumb, but I like it. Um, I think, generally speaking, we I'm not, like, in love with the aesthetic of this game or, like, the character design. But I do like, I like the way everything comes together. Um, while we were playing, Sarah mentioned that everything looks, uh, like, Japanese. Like, everything, there's a very strong, like, Japanese aesthetic in this game. Um, and... I sort of like that they're just, even if, like, that doesn't resonate with me right away, um, that it has, like, that kind of strong cultural identity in the same way that Splatoon does. 
that Splatoon feels very like modern Tokyo. Um, I just like that Arms would also be leaning into that same sort of identity. Yeah, I don't really care that much about the uh, specific characters, mm-hmm. but I do think all except t- for Bark and Bite, except for Bark and Bite, and really like. Bar- Bark and Bite was my old favorite. My new favorite is Helix. <laughs> okay. But um, when the whole thing is together with the music and, you know, like all the presentation, yeah, I think it works really well. Yeah. I think everything about this game works better in motion than in stills. Um, another thing that Sarah said while we were playing was that she likes the way their like springy arms look. Um, and she's right. It looks cool when it's happening. Um, but like those character designs are kind of dumb, right? Like just looking at them in uh, in a, a still image, I'm like that's that's silly. I kind of I kind of like you it. You kind of like, like it? it's it's my bag of silliness. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. So apparently, Nin- Ninjara mm-hmm. was the most played character during the test punch, was a, which is a huge surprise to me because especially on the first day, all I saw were Min Mins. Yeah, there were like a lot of everybody mids. was playing Min Min. People like that Min Min. She was the second most played. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I I feel like we also saw a lot of what's the mummy's name? Is it Mummy Master? Sure, Master Mummy, something like that. Mummy King. <laughs> um, I feel like we saw a lot of him, him Ninjara and Min Min. That, yeah, like, those are the characters that people are playing. Yeah, as. You didn't see really. You didn't really see Spring Man very much. Didn't I, really. I see... was doing Spring Man for mm-hmm. a little while. Didn't really see Ribbon Girl. Right. Um, the like girl who's in a robot type suit, like the other heavy character. Yeah, I played as her once, but um, yeah, you didn't really see her very much either. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a uh, just the test punch. So like, there's no, I don't know if there's any real like meta game that has arisen out of it, or if people are really fu- or if they're. I imagine everyone's just gravitating towards whatever character they think looks cool. Yeah. Or whoever they haven't tried yet. Um, I mean, basically for me, uh, I think the test punch was a great idea mm-hmm. because this is definitely a game that you need to get your hands on. Absolutely. But, and I liked it, like I feel better about it after playing mm-hmm. than just from like the trailers and the reveal, but I can, I can kind of tell that it's not a game that I'm really going to love. Like it's not really a game for, I think it's good at what it does. But it's just not a game that's for me. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that that tracks. And I even even if I'm gonna like stammer about calling it a fighting game, be like I don't really know. We're gonna... <laughs> this is me doing impressions of myself. <laughs> um, that like I think the fighting game fan in me is going to like. I I am a little bit excited about this. I only had the one opportunity to play this weekend. Um, but I had fun the whole time we were doing it. Uh, and can definitely see, you know, being excited to do it again um, next weekend. And that'll inform, you know, if if I'm going to pick it up. I mean, I think we're going to pick it up. Definitely, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, how, how much I, I really want to put into this game. I think it could be a lot of fun. Um, and just depending on what the scene is that comes out of it. Um, I mean, all of these competitive online games kind of revolve around... Uh, the the scene that that can come from them, and I think this is a lot more like Splatoon than it is like Mario Kart, right? Like Mario Kart, there's always going to be a way to enjoy Mario Kart, even if everyone stops playing it online. Um, but I think this is really going to be this is really going to hinge on 
the the community's engagement with the game. I agree. I agree with that. I I think the um, fighting game is the closest analog we have to it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Arms is difficult to compare to something like Splatoon because while Splatoon had, was a unique take on a third person shooter, it is at right. heart just a third person shooter. Right. Whereas I don't really know what the analog I would draw to Arms is. It's kind of its own weird thing like it mm-hmm. is a fighting game kind of but yeah it is more like punch out but not exactly you know it, it's yeah it's, it's hard to exactly um i mean of, i i think this is arguably nintendo creating a new like genre of game which is pretty cool but, but which is also but also like difficult so it's difficult mm-hmm. to approach and just be like um with split yeah with splatoon Pretty much everybody at this point has played a third person, right, or even a first person like shooter, right. So it's either easy to wrap your head around. Um, Arms, I think, is of the similar vein, and they're using a lot of the same marketing tactics, but has a steeper hill to climb. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I think, I think these test punches are a, a great a great way to do it. I know they won't, but I think they should continue to do them, even after the game is out. Um, just give people access to the game for like an hour or two, although maybe that just makes it so people don't ever buy it. <laughs> I I mean I there there will need to be a way to engage the audience after launch. Well, right? it seems like they're going to be following the Splatoon route mm-hmm. of additional content and like always coming down the line. Yeah, for for sure, and I mean that's engaging the audience that's playing it, but it. I think there needs to be a way to continue to uh, educate people about what this game is who aren't playing it. Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see the the rest of the game. I'm excited to hop on and get a few more uh, matches next weekend. Um, I think it's all the same times, but you can check your <laughs> check your local listings. Is what I was gonna say. <laughs> Look online. They'll all be listed up there. Any other thoughts about the test punch before we move on, Mark? Um, no, not really. I, you know, I feel like obviously with the test punch, it's not enough for me to really like give a verdict on the game. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think I've seen a. I don't know. Like the modes that I enjoyed, like volleyball, are shallow enough that I, that <laughs> you know, right where it's yeah. like it's shallow enough that it that I kind of had my fill just in the test punch and there hasn't really been anything so far that's made me like really want to like sink my teeth into it and like oh I'm going to need time to really right put into this game right and really like understand it yeah and that that is what I I did see that in in the combat um so I'm yeah I'm really interested to like yeah and that's why i wonder if it is like more of a fighting game than we're giving it credit for because again we're you know finding this divide where somebody who puts a lot of time into fighting Mm -hmm. game and enjoys fighting games versus somebody who generally doesn't like them outside of like smash brothers and and even then i don't really like learn the systems because you don't have to right which is also kind of how i play smash as well like i just like running around and punching stuff and you know making mario fight pit or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, cool. We will, in you know, no doubt, continue to talk about arms forever. Uh, let's move out of the segment. 
Uh, if you have any reactions to the um, test punch or if you are excited about playing it next weekend or whatever, um, or for any of your thoughts on uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2 or whatever, you can send us an email at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Uh, we love getting emails from you and talking about them on this show. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, just at Nincart Society, or check out the Facebook page, which is Nintendo Cartridge Society. We'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. You know how to do that. Also, uh, you know, just tell someone about this show. Um, we share, share it with your friends. You love this show. You love your friends. Presumably, they love this show, too. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our discussions of comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apit Betty. You can find more Apit Betty's music on apitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller is saying, Helix is his kind of weird. Thanks for listening. It's a creative podcast network.